Hello, my diamonds. Welcome to episode 21, Nation of Diamonds, with me, Sabrina Victoria, as your host. Today, I want to talk about the importance of inspiring your children and how to inspire your children. Join me today and let's get inspired. She has no business giving advice because all the so-called social norms are against her. But she's here in your world to give her slightly biased, in-your-face opinion on how she thinks you could human better. Follow now to catch all her inspirational words on life, business, love, and learning to empower yourself. And now, your host, Sabrina Victoria. talk a little bit about how important it is as adults to inspire your children. Um, If you think about yourself and how difficult it is for you to get yourself inspired, for you to get excited about life, for you to get off the couch, for you to stop watching or binging on Netflix, imagine how much more difficult it is for your child considering there's nothing motivating them, right? There's not necessarily any money. There's not necessarily any fame. Um, there's not necessarily like any big rewards. Um, so you have to, with your energy and with your uh, your words, you need to learn to inspire your children. Now, this is why, Okay. When you think about the impact you have on the little minions running around your house, you are their sole teacher. Nobody else. They are looking to you first. You first. That's it. Nobody else. Now, if you're not teaching them the right stuff, where are they getting it from? They're getting it from YouTube. They're getting it from Snapchat. They're getting it from Instagram. They're getting it from their friends at school. They're getting it from their video games. They're getting it from their movies, their TV. So if you're not on top of them, talking to them, inspiring them, giving them energy, making them feel loved, and making them reach their potential, they're doomed. They're doomed. Automatically doomed. So it's your job as a parent. Your children are like little tiny robots. They'll literally do whatever you want them to do. If you think about children, how many of them end up just like their parents? Like teachers, for instance. It's 12 o'clock. Teacher, right? Husband, wife, both teachers. The probability of their children ending up as teachers, way higher. How many times have you talked to a teacher and said, oh, blah, blah, who inspired? Both my parents were teachers. Doctor, same thing. Doctor in the family, children become doctors, same thing. Chef in the family, children become chefs. Race car driver in the family, boys become race car drivers. Skater in the family, they become skaters. It's how that works. You can mold them and create them and you inspire them without even trying, without even realizing it. 
It's like if you think of the greatest race car drivers in the world, if they would have been born into me, like my, like if I was their mom, the probability of them ever becoming a race car driver is probably zero. I have zero interest in it. I never watch it. I don't know anything about it. The reason they became a race car driver is because they were born into a family where there was a race car driver. Now, is that always the case? No, but the probability is a lot higher. And that's just to kind of show you the impact that you have on your children in a whole. So how do you inspire your children? Well, the first thing that I recommend before anything else is you have to realize that the way you respond to them is teaching them how to respond in the world, okay? So let's say we all have this one, right? We all have this one. You tell your child to do something, clean up the kitchen, or even just something simple, take out the trash. You say it one time. The probability of them doing it immediately depending on how old they are, is highly unlikely. If they're maybe 9, 10, 11, they may do it faster than when they're 13, 14, 15, 16. So, but th so this is what happens. You have a 14-year-old in the house. That's what I have. I have a 13-year-old boy. He's going to be 14 in March. Probably about a year ago, the moment I told him to do one thing, he did it immediately. <laughs> Boom. Take out the trash, immediately take out the trash. Now that he's about to turn 14, there's a little bit of a delay. There's a little bit of a delay and it's very, very frustrating to the point where I feel as if raising my voice or getting angry is a good idea. But this is the thing. When you raise your voice or when you yell or when you get frustrated, you're teaching your child that when they want something done, it's okay to yell, it's okay to get frustrated, it's okay to have a t tantrum, it's okay to speak negatively. So when they get older and they have children or they get married, right, how do you think they're going to treat their spouse? How do you think they're going to treat their children? See, you are responsible for not only your child's welfare, but your child's children, because it, it goes down generation to generation. If you think about the things that you combat as a parent, a lot of us are combating um, doing it differently than the way our parents did it, right? If you had a very harsh uh, father or a harsh mother, you may be taking it to another level backwards where you're saying, I'm going to be nothing like them, the exact opposite of them. Or you may fall in the same exact category where your mom was harsh, your dad was harsh, so you grew up, you have children, and you end up being the same exact way with your children. And if you look, right, if you look at how much love and admiration you have for your parents, if they were a little harsher, if you watch, your children will probably have the same exact attitude towards you. So if you disliked your parents a lot when you were growing up, but then you take on their same attitude with their, with your children, your children will probably also dislike you a lot as they get older. So you have a choice to make as a parent. You have a choice to either continue the cycle 
or stop the cycle and go in a different direction. But just know that whichever way you choose, you are teaching your child how to react and they could quite possibly wind up carrying that on to their marriage and their children and embedding whatever um, attributes from you. Okay, so the first thing is that, okay, so keep that in mind when you're reacting. Is this going to um, benefit my child or not benefit my child? Is this going to be good for future generations or bad for future generations? Um, so the first thing that I do when I'm trying to encourage or inspire my little one is be excited about things. So I try really, really hard to not boss my child around with orders. Um, like do this, do this, do this, do this. I try to make it a little more of a fun atmosphere. And I always try to also have some sort of a reward system. For instance, chore money. Or once we do this, we're going to have, uh, we're going to go out to eat. Or once, if you do this, then tomorrow we'll have a picnic or whatever it is. You want them to feel as if they're going to get something in, re in reward. And this is why. If you even think about how you work as an individual, right? The likelihood of you just doing something to do something is highly unlikely. You want there to be some sort of a reward, even if it's the gratification of knowing, like if you go outside and you mow your lawn and you trim all your bushes, there's a satisfaction in your soul where now the neighbors see how beautiful and kept up your lawn is. It's something that you have for yourself. Now, if your child goes out and mows the lawn, he doesn't give a crap that the neighbors know that the lawn that he lives on is, is really nice. What he gives a crap about is what his reward is. What's he going to get? Is he going to get a little slice of pizza? Is he going to get to go on a bike ride? Is he going to get to, um, whatever it is, get $5? He needs to have, you need to create a, um, a feel-good feeling for him that he relates to. Because he doesn't relate to showing off for the neighbors or your parents or your new girlfriend or whatever it is. You need to make it so that he can relate to the reward. That is probably one of the most important things. The second thing is if your child doesn't learn the first time or doesn't listen the first time, who gives a crap? Who gives a crap? Think about how many times you promised yourself you were going to start losing weight and you didn't. Think about how many times you promised yourself you were going to stop smoking and you didn't. Think about how many times you said you were going to clean out the garage and you didn't. Think about how, think about all the shit you promised yourself that you were going to do and you haven't done. A lot. There's a lot that I have. There's a lot that everybody has. Everybody is lazy. Everybody, including your child. They're no different. So as many times as you need to remind yourself, right, to get back on the weight loss wagon, to get back on the stop smoking wagon, to get back on the five months you've been trying to clean out the garage, nicely remind them. And if they're, And this is the thing. Instead of yelling, 
have some sort of a punishment. Listen, you need to take out number two. You need to take out the trash, like I said before, if you don't know TV for the rest of the day. Now, you don't have to scream it. You don't have to be all angry about it. It's literally as simple as that. It's literally as simple as if you don't do this, this will happen. And if you speak to them in a way that's um, a mature, grown-up <laughs> and communicating exactly the consequences, that is how they're learning. See, you're gonna you're teaching them what they when they want something. All they have to do is accumulate the words that they need in order to get what they want and then voice it. Instead of teaching them that if they're not getting what they want and um, things aren't going their way, they have to raise their voice and get super angry and super mad. That isn't the case. But if you teach them that, that is the way they will respond in their world. Okay, so how do you want your child responding in their world? How do you want the future generations to be acting? It's all on you. It's all on you as a parent. So chores, homework, right? I'm having a tough time with homework now. All of us, no, oh, do you have homework today? Nope, I don't have any homework. Do you have homework today? Nope, I don't have any homework. And then literally uh, seven o'clock in the morning, he flies out of bed, comes into my room. Mom, I forgot I had homework. When I asked him five times the night before if he had homework, so then we're rushing to do homework. See, instead of yelling and screaming, it is what it is. It is what it is. But the punishment is, I'm not going to help you. You now have to sit at the dinner table and do it yourself because I asked you yesterday. See, if you see, this is how I run procrastination on your end doesn't constitute an emergency on my end. So if you're going to procrastinate, that's fine. I'm not going to get mad. That's your life. But it doesn't all of a sudden become an emergency on my side. So now you have to sit on your own and you have to do your own homework. And then if you don't get it done or it's not correct or you were rushed, then you're going to have the consequences of having a bad grade. And then the consequences of having a bad grade, then in my household, constitutes some sort of a punishment. So my child has to keep A's or B's if anything falls below a B. That's when TV gets taken away, electronics get taken away. You know, stuff that he likes gets taken away. So it all snowballs. And it's very important to reiterate that. So you didn't do your homework last night? No problem. You have to do it now. Now, if your grade slips, remember your consequences. But there's no reason to yell about it. He understands. He gets it. If you think about your spouse <laughs> or your ex or whatever it is, do you respond better if they're yelling at you and nagging you? Or do you respond better with just speaking? Well, your children are the same exact way. How many times have you told your spouse, why are you yelling? Why do you have to yell about this? Why are you so upset? Well, your child is the same exact way. Your child is thinking the same thing. You've forgotten things before. Your child is going to forget things also. 
but how are you going to respond to that? How are you going to teach him how to respond to that? No reason to get all anxious and all frustrated. Just get it done. There's going to be bigger things in life. There's going to be way bigger things in life. Now, the most important thing as far as keeping your child inspired and excited is to always acknowledge, always acknowledge their accomplishments. So instead of constantly um, pointing out their flaws, right? You didn't do your laundry. You didn't do your homework. You didn't clean out the dishes. You didn't do the trash. You didn't put away your, your dish from dinner. Instead of constantly nagging them about the things they didn't do, you need to start focusing on things that they did do. Because your children do do a lot of things on their own that you're not acknowledging. Now, this is what happens. People, everybody, most everybody, works best off of praise. Works, you can do, you can use this on your wife and your husband also. They work off of praise. If somebody in your life, your child, your child does something that you appreciate, they took their glass and they took it off the table and they put it in the dishwasher, acknowledge it immediately. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for taking the glass and putting it in the dishwasher. Now, what do you think the likelihood of them taking their glass tomorrow and putting it in the dishwasher is knowing that they just got a pat on the back yesterday? It's higher. Now, what happens if you say nothing? There's no reward. People love verbal rewards. Almost every single person does. So any little tiny thing, your child comes home from work, from school, right away opens his backpack and starts doing homework, praise him like crazy. Oh my gosh, good for you. You are so responsible. I love how responsible you are. You're just like me, or you're just like your dad, or you're just like us. So responsible. Now, when there's things that they're doing, quote unquote, wrong, right? You tell them to take out the trash two times. They still haven't done it. Who cares? Remind them again. Go into their bedroom and say, I need you to do it right now. Come on. Right now. You are responsible. You are a responsible individual. Now, all this does is reiterate it because they've already heard you several times within the week or the month or the years telling them that they're responsible. So you need to make a correlation in their mind so it makes sense. You need to start creating their identity. When a child, think about your identity and how long it took you to figure out what the heck you're doing in your life. Some of us still don't know what we're doing in our lives. We're still confused. But you are responsible for creating your child's identity. So what sort of identity are you inspiring them to go towards? Are you constantly telling them that they're irresponsible, not so smart, uh, unorganized, um, late? Whatever they're hearing is creating their identity. So they don't take out the trash? What the heck? Why are you so lazy? 
Why are you so irresponsible? See, this is being embedded in their head. So when they are leading their lives and they're going out into the world, all they're thinking about is, I'm irresponsible, I'm dumb, I'm unorganized, I can't do anything right, no one's ever happy with me. Do you see how sad that is? If what they're hearing constantly is that you're just like your father, you're just like your mother in a negative way, your child messes up, you're just like your father. Well, who's identity identifying with that? Is his father a, a wasted drunk? And then your son comes home, 19 years old, wasted, feeling, feeling sad going through a phase like most of us go through, and then you're going to associate him and say he's just like his father, who does he identify with? Does he identify with you, who's a responsible, grown, mature individual, or is he now identifying with his father? And who put that in his head? See, I have a lot of issues with my son's father. I have a lot of things to say about my son's father. But see, we don't talk about that in my household. I talk about how smart his father is. I talk about how brilliant his father is. I talk about how um, uh, punctual his father is, how good his father is at math. I find the awesome things about his dad, and I, I attribute my son's good attributes to that. So he identifies with only the positive things. We don't talk about the negative things. Do I see things that correlate where I'm like, yes, I do. But we don't talk about that. So he doesn't even acknowledge it. Because we're constantly focusing on the good. See, this is the other thing. There's going to come a point in your child's life where you've told him, or her, that they're so irresponsible, they're so unorganized, they're so unclean or dirty because their mess is always a mess, their room is always a mess. And you're going to come to them one day and you're going to say, you're better than this. You're better than this. And they're, they're going to say, no, I'm not. I'm just like my dad. Or I'm just like my mom. Because you just told them for the past 18 years or 22 years or 15 years that they're just like the negative things about the spouse or about their mom or about their dad. There's nothing that they identify with that's good unless you constantly reiterate to them how amazing they are. So point out the good and focus on the good. Focus on the fact that they're brilliant at math. Focus on the fact that they're so good at talking or so good at communicating, so good at negotiating, so strong, right? I tell my kid all the time, he takes out the trash, he lifts it up, he's 14. Easy peasy for him. But I remind him, dude, you're so strong. He's taken into groceries, right? He's got tons of bags. I tell him, man, you're so strong. Now, what do you think he does next time so he can get the same compliment? Tries to pick up more bags, right? 
The time before, maybe he had six, three and three. Now he's doing four and four. And he'll even say it. Be like, mom, look at all my bags. Like, you're so strong, just like your dad. Just like your dad, you're so strong. That makes him happy. Now he identifies. He identifies with the fact that he's strong. The fact that he's charismatic, the fact that he's good looking, the fact that he's awesome, the fact that he's brilliant, because I'm constantly inspiring him and pushing those words in order to create his identity. I'm doing that and you are doing that, but you have to think, are you doing that in a negative way or a positive way? Because they're not creating their own identity when they're small. They're not. They have no idea. They are a completely clean slate. You are creating their identity. Who they are. By the words that you say. Negative and positive. And this is the other thing too. Negative things stay longer than positive things. So that's the other thing you have to realize. You might think to yourself, oh, well, I say a lot of positive stuff. But then you might cut them a lot negatively by maybe maybe you uh, have lash outs <clears throat> like once a month where you have like complete meltdowns and all of a sudden you're spewing out words at them. They'll remember that and they'll harbor that. Now you can't be perfect all the time. I'm definitely not perfect all the time. But then that's when uh, apologies come into play. Learn to apologize to your children. You have to sit down, have one-on-ones with them, reiterate the situation, apologize, and hug your children. Tell them that you love them. Tell them that you're, uh, you make mistakes too sometimes. Remind them that you're not always perfect. And remind them that they are smart and they are brilliant and they are beautiful. Because your words mean more to them than anybody else's words in the whole world. You are truly responsible for getting them excited about life, for teaching them how to respond to uh, doing things for them, <clears throat> doing things for themselves, doing things for the household, doing things for other people, and keeping them excited about it, and keeping them um, energized about it by giving them some sort of reward, something that they can relate to, something that they're going to be excited about. The last thing that I do as far as keeping my son excited and energized and motivated about life and who he is and who he's becoming is I promote and I speak highly of my son in front of everyone, in front of everyone on purpose, on purpose, because all that does is it reiterates all of his good attributes, and it's now subconsciously 
forcing him to live up to those standards. So when I acknowledge, hey, my son today, you should have seen my son today. I bought groceries. I had like a hundred bags in my trunk. He brought it, he did, he brought it all in, in like two trips. Can you believe, he is so strong. He is so responsible. He is so helpful. And then the people that I'm talking to, wow, good job, Eli. Good job with that. That's amazing. How do you think he feels? How do you think his heart feels? How do you think his brain feels? How do you think his soul feels? He feels accomplished. He feels excited. Now, what do you think the likelihood of him being excited about getting the groceries next week when we go grocery shopping? When he has to put in, pull in and take in the, the groceries into the house, do you think it's going to be like, ugh, I have to take in the groceries? No. Because see, now he identifies as being strong and responsible and loving and helping out his family. Now it's something to take pride in. Now it's something to be excited about. Now it's something to brag about. It's an accomplishment. He's got a gold star now. This is who he is. He's a helper. He's strong. Because that's what I created. I created his identity. Just like that. As simple as that. Let the world know how amazing your children are and let them hear you. Dig that and plant that into the earth. That is who you are. When he gets A pluses, you are brilliant. If he does not so good, that's okay. That's all right. Don't talk about that in the world. Don't go out and tell your friends that, especially in front of your child. I hear this all the time. I'll be out with moms and the kids. And I'll hear the moms saying negative things about their kids in front of everybody. That is creating their identity. You're making it true. Oh, yeah, he's having a little bit of trouble in school. Yeah, well, now he is for sure. You just told everybody. And he heard you tell everyone. See, when, I, when I'm talking about my child, we're talking about the A's. We're talking about helping out in class. We're talking about science experiments. We're talking about that project that he got an A-plus in. My child is brilliant. He's smart. He's wonderful. He's responsible. And all that does is create. So when he's in class, what is he thinking? Is he thinking, I'm a dumbass? I'm a D student? I'm average? I'm a nobody? School sucks? No. Well, he actually might be thinking school sucks. But he's thinking, he's remembering, he's constantly associating and constantly identifying with the fact that he's smart that he's brilliant, that he's an A-plus student, that he aces projects, 
because that is what I am pointing out to him. That is what he is focusing on. And that is what the world is focusing on. And now he is forced to live up to that potential. I am physically forcing him without him even acknowledging it up to a potential and up to a standard that I have set. Now, is it unreachable? No. I don't tell my kid he has to be a straight A student. I don't tell my kid that he has to get into the best college. But I remind him constantly that he can and will succeed in life. No doubt. I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know when, but no doubt. And I guarantee you, he has no doubt in his mind that he's got stuff he's going to be accomplishing in his world because I have made it with my words, with my vocabulary, have made it impossible for him to think any less of himself because I tell him constantly and I tell my world constantly. And I have created his identity for him. Just like you have. You don't realize it, but between you and your spouse, you have single-handedly created your child's identity. How they identify, whether it's negative or positive. And even so much as, right, they're acting just like their father. You reinforcing the fact that they're just like their father will create them to be more like their father. Do you understand that? They might be identical to their father in a bad way. Drunk, negative, ten tantrums, bad attitude, negative, yelling angry, aggressive. And every day you might think he's just like his father because his father was such a big influence on him. But if you are also telling him he's just like his father, that's just reinforcing the whole thing. What if instead of telling him he's just like his father, even though he is, everyone sees it, what if you only pointed out the good things? What if you showed him all the things that aren't like his father? When he gave you a hug, oh my gosh, you're so loving. When he took your phone call, thank you so much for taking my phone call. You are the most caring individual I've ever met. When he didn't freak out at the customer service person at Home Depot, just like his dad, when he didn't lose his temper in line. Wow, you're so, I was starting to get, I was starting to get irritated. You are so patient. Because there's things in people's lives constantly that they do right. Everybody. But it's all in what you focus on. And what you pull out and you choose to focus on will then be in their spotlight. And your spotlight, and there's a choice to be made. 
Every single time there's a choice to be made. And people will, 99% of the time, will almost always go with the attribute where they get praise. If they know they're going to get praise, you can mold and you can manipulate it in a good way to change them. Not always, but especially your children. So listen, guys, that is just a tidbit, tad bit of some of the things that I do in my household to keep the the identity and the inspiration in life up so that um, good, amazing things happen in my world and my son's world. Um, it's all up to you. A lot of it is up to you. Obviously, environment has a lot to do with it. Television has a lot to do with it. Friends have a lot to do with it. But you have to remember, 80% of the time from your child is born to like 16 years old when they get their car, you are predominantly the one that they're hanging out with, that they're listening to. You. So think of that huge impact you have, especially when they're young, from like 1 to 10. They're only looking up to you. They're not looking up to anybody else, just you. And they're looking at every single thing you do. Everything you say, every reaction, every outburst, every single thing. And you are single-handedly teaching them how to act. You are. So that is all I have to say, my friends. Um, honestly, you got to take your responsibility to a whole nother level. You are solely responsible for little tiny minion robots and the future generations. And you got to take it more seriously, honestly. So thank you so much for joining me here at Nation of Diamonds. I was your host, Sabrina Victoria. Be sure to follow me here on SoundCloud and check out all my other social media under sabrinavictoria.com. Always healthy, passion-filled content here. I am here to support you in your dreams. Please feel free to reach out to me anytime. I am always willing to hear and guide you to your passion. Do something awesome today. Much love. Thanks for listening. For more awesome spoonfuls of things only Sabrina can get away with saying, visit SabrinaVictoria.com. And this is a reminder to follow Sabrina Victoria on Facebook for posts straight to your wall as soon as they happen.